Hello and welcome to Who Uses a Director of Football, an FM podcast with myself, Lewis, and my co-host, Tom. So, Tom, what's news for you? Uh, oh, it's been a bad news week. I mean, bit of content is slightly, slightly out of our schedule here, aren't we? But awful talking United news in the week. I don't know if you have you. Are you I saw breast kept the breast of the talking news this week. I saw James's post that the club's up for sale, and I'm assuming it's basically on the verge of bankruptcy. By by by, yeah, we're about we're going to go in. We're going to go into administration in the next ten days. Potential liquidation, potential ten point, obviously ten point penalty. The owners just stopped putting money in, and we are. I think the technical term is royally fucked. Yeah, um, like it's really. Really bad, like it's it's really bad. Um, I'm hopeful. I've I've been doing my in my you know in my second job outside of being a football manager as an auditor. I was mm. going through the clubs. Uh, I was going actually through the clubs accounts uh, the other day, uh, the publicly available accounts, and like it's bad. It's really bad. I think touch with the owner, maybe not as the former owner or current owner until we till we till he sells up. Um, hopefully he's not going to take all the money that's owed to him. Um, but yeah, we are not in a good position at all, which is quite uh quite worrying actually, to be totally honest with you. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look good, does it, at all? Um, so but hopefully something happens, hopefully the club is saved, but yeah, not not uh, it's just really it's really bad. Like it's you know, you sort of you spend all you know, I supported the club for what kind of like twenty five years, which my first game in nineteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty, you know, if you don't have a football team to support, like it's pretty, it's pretty rough. It's, 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 so, I mean, it's a historic club as well, isn't it? You know, it's been around since what a long, a long 18, time 18, 1899. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not a new club, it's, it's a historic football club, and it is a real, yeah, it's a real shame, you know, it's been. Damn close to this previously, hasn't it? But it's always kind of escaped by the skin of its teeth. Yeah, we've had a few near misses. I don't think we've ever had it quite as bad as as it is now. Um, came as a bit of a surprise, to be honest. So, um, yeah, pretty pretty worrying times for the club. But but you know, uh, yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, look, I, I keep wanting to say, as you always say, these things are, oh, you know. Not the end of the world, you know. Hopefully, it'll sort of. But actually, you know, it's, I mean, it's not the end of the world, but like, it's pretty. It's really. It's like the worst. It's the worst experience I've ever had supporting football. You know, following football, mm. watching football, supporting a team, supporting my team. Um, is what's happening at the moment to Torquay. So it's like it's pretty. It's pretty. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not good. Like, you sort of think, you know, like what? Yeah, like you know, that's my. That's my. Um, sort of foundation in football is talking United and watching them and supporting them and it's like well if that goes I mean right, it's pretty everyone yeah. supports a team like the blood, you know but I might not support a team going forward if if, if they go bust right so yeah pretty 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 dark times for, for, for the club um, anyway Lou pick you know, you know this is a people listen to this podcast so probably for a bit of enjoyment so you know hopefully something nice has happened to you this week tell us about it if it has um that's, All right, no, maybe not. Not, not really. <laughs> it's been a fine week. Right, you're listening. You're listening to who who uses a therapist, uh, yeah. with... <laughs> and we both need one by the sound of it. <laughs> it? 
That's been an all right week, but I don't have any. I don't have enough news of enough substantial quality to to sort of take the edge off that one. I just it's think a it's a, yeah, it's a massive, a massive shame that 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 it has come to this. And as as we kind of alluded to on, or you alluded to on last week's pod, uh, that that ultimately, ultimately, you know. If you're a professional side playing with semi-pro sides, there's a reason why all of the other sides in the league are semi-pro. So, and that's because there isn't the money to to support and fund a full-time professional side. So, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a dire situation. I mean, you just got to think how unlucky it was. You know, if they won that, it's just a compounding. Oh, if they'd have won the playoff and got back into the football league, it'd be a different story, wouldn't it? I keep getting like on YouTube, it, it keeps being something that pops up as a recommended videos, and every time I just see the thumbnail for it, like even the, even before um, last week, where when the news came out about us going into you know going to administration, um, like whenever I see that, it's still sick. I can't watch it. Um, and now, like like you say, it feels so much so much more of a sort of a critical moment in our history, right? Referee had an absolute shocker, disallowed two perfectly good goals, and then us losing. On penalties, I mean, if anything would have changed that, I think we're we're in a totally different position. As a, uh, it, the yeah. club's in a totally different position. So, oh yeah, don't even start. Yeah, oh, I can't, I can't. It gets to the point where I, I can't remember the other day I was flicking through the it was Sky Sports or an FA Cup game or some sort of highlights package, and Bristol City were playing, and even just the you know sort of the game without Ashley Rovers, it, no Bristol City. Well, why Bristol City? So the, oh, the game was at Ashton game, Gate. Makes the game sense. was at Ashton Gate. So just from you know the camera angle of Ashton Gate, like it, it, it's particularly high. So it's yeah. a particularly high camera angle, and just the 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 camera angle that was put on the telly, that image just sort of triggered me as as, as it mm. were to sort of I couldn't even watch the, the highlights of a Bristol Bristol City game. Um, so yeah, it's like it's it's awful. Yeah, absolutely yeah. awful. Well, anyway, Tom, hopefully right. you've got something more positive uh, things to tell us in 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 FM in in the European jailbreak. Hopefully you've had a fantastic uh, in game week, and um, you'll lift our spirits that way. Well, I, I will talk you through it. In short, it started off pretty badly. Um, so I think I talked last time the fact that um, we'd drawn, you know, we were on a pretty good run. We'd just drawn with Monaco and then we drew with Lille. That was the last mm. game we drew. I think it was one all or, or maybe two. Or I think maybe one all draw with Lille. Um, anyway, I haven't been able to play too much this week, but I opened the game, uh, I think it was yesterday, played for the first time since, since we last podded. Uh, and... Um, I seemingly didn't save that the game and my or my laptop crashed before, and it took me back to the pre, you know, before the Leal game. Oh no! So I had to, oh, that's the worst. Yeah. Oh god, this it's is compounding. Real... This misery is compounding. Well, it gets even worse because I then played Leal and then despite I lost, I drew them when I actually played with them. And I lost bloody two one when I played them oh. in the in the in playing them for the second time. So I'm, I'm a point down on when it should be. <laughs> So if that comes back to bite me at the end of the season, I'm going to be, I'm going to be fuming. Um, so yeah, so 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 to correct the record from last week's pod, I I have no longer drawn with Leal. That was a that was a game in an alternate universe. 
um, in, in this new universe, I actually lost two on to Lille, despite going one 0 up from Geslin Magola, uh, my super, my well, my my potential superstar, uh, wonder kid, who's come through in the youth academy. Um, he uh, he opened the scoring, but then Lorenzo Colombo scored two goals for Lille. Um, and then I also talked about last week about how, you know, I, I, I still haven't played in Europe properly. You know, I had a couple of games in the Champions League for Frankfurt when I took over and lost every, you know, didn't win a single game in the Champions League. And I felt a bit of a fraud managing them there because I didn't take them there. Uh, and equally, haven't won any silverware in this save. So, you know, the French Cup seemed like quite a good route to some silverware this year. Um, and I played uh, Long. In the uh, in the eleventh round of the French Cup, Ooh! game that you know solid, uh, you know a game that I'd like to think I could probably win, even the fact probably that a sixty forty, sixty five thirty five. Yeah, I'd probably say sixty forty. Um, considering we're away from home, I mean, to put it in context, long on mid table in the league as are we. But so yeah, maybe maybe I'm maybe it is closer to a fifty fifty actually. But I was kind of hopeful going into it. We were in good form prior to the replay of the Lille game. Um, anyway, we, but we, we lost 1-0 to Lyon, so we got booted out of the French Cup as well, which again, oh. considering in France, you know, there is no League Cup, it is just the French Cup and the League. Mm. Again, this is another season of no silverware because, you know, we're not, we're not going to win the League. Um, so that was pretty disappointing. In fact, the board weren't very happy with me. Because uh, yeah. they wanted me to reach the latter stages, and despite it's the eleventh round sounding like the latter stages, mm. it, it it in it their heads it isn't. It, it, Tom, question: Do you think the Champions League is going to be the first piece of silverware you win in this stage? The save the way <laughs> it's going. <laughs> that would be quite well, incredible to play so many different nations, and the only piece of silverware you win is the Champions League, thus ending the whole whole event. But. Uh, <laughs> it could well be that could well be the case. I wouldn't rule it out at this stage. Let's put it that way. Well, didn't you win with um, Torquay? You won the Champions League before you won the Premier League. I'm pretty certain you did. You know, I think so. I think you're right. I beat Napoli in the Champions League, and I don't I think you won the Premier League. Also, I think you did it in reverse order. I think you won the Champions League, then you won the Europa League, then you won the Conference League, which was nuts as no. well. No. I don't think the Conference League was even around when I did when, in that in that Torquay save um, when I when I when I won the Champions League. I don't think the Conference game was around then. No, fair enough. Um, and I I can't remember. I don't remember winning the Europa League. I could have done, but no, I remember winning the Champions League before I won the Premier League. You're you're, you're right there. Uh, anyway, back to back to this save. Um, so actually, having been on like a really good run of form, and I would call the draw the 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 uh, the um, the ghost, ghost draw, draw yeah, yeah. yeah. So- I would call that a good form as well. All of a sudden, that replaying that game seems to put me on a bit of a, a poor run because we then played Strasbourg and lost two one. Um, and you should be beating Strasbourg. I've never seen Strasbourg yeah, be good in an FM save. They're one of those clubs. Last year in my save, they were really good. They qualified oh, well. for Europe, but this season they're they're fourteenth, so they're not having a great year this year. But you know, all of a sudden, from being unbeat, you know, including the 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 Ghost Leal game. We were on a ten match unbeaten run. I then rejoined the game, you know, when it's after it sort of crashed, it didn't save that game. I've lost three on the bounce. <laughs> it's painful. Um Very we then go away to Harve. Again, 15th in the league, Harve. Absolutely should be beating them. 
we drew uh we draw one all uh Desiree Jue getting an equalizer for us after being one nil down so at this point here we we go from being unbeaten in 10 to not winning in five <laughs> all because the seemingly you know it was it's always that thing right if you close the game or whatever everyone you know, the the the, the myth or whatever it is that you know Mike Miles Jacobson hates you if you don't play the game for a bit <laughs> he, tur- he turns the game against you well he's, he's definitely done that because you know it was awful <laughs> um we, we then we then go to you know, we then host Leon and Leon um I think we touched on this last week not having a very good um they're not very good in my current save so they're currently mm. 11th mid table so we're hosting hosting Leon I think actually this uh, Big team, but hopefully we can get get a result here. Would maybe expect yeah. a win actually, but based on the run of form we were on, wasn't holding up much hope. Um, but actually we 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 battered them, which was really nice to see because I could you know once you've not won in five, a good battering is 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 needed is needed. And Eve Hoffman opening the scoring for us uh, in in the first half. Two and then three second half goals. Two from Yanis Le Corbassier, who I, I just love saying his name. It's beautiful, Yanis isn't it? It's such yeah, a good... he, it is. It's beautiful. It's exactly. It sounds like a fantastic French brandy, doesn't it? Like Yanis Le Corbassier. It's just glorious. Aged for twenty three years. Yeah, Yanis exactly. Le Corbassier. Um. So yeah, he got two, and then Hervé Barriel. Um, Hervé Barril. I shouldn't know Barril. It would be Barril. Hervé Barril scoring uh, in the 89th minute to finish off a a four nil victory against Lyon. And that's then we played PSG, right? And you know PSG, interestingly, not top of the league. Interestingly, uh, Nice of a four a four points clear at the top of the league uh, ahead of PSG. I still think PSG are probably going to go on to to win the title. Um, just it's what you'd expect. They've won it every single year of the save. Um, so you'd expect them to go on to win. Uh, and we kept them to nil nil at half time. We didn't have a single shot on target. We, or in fact, I don't think we had a single shot. But we was it was still nil nil at half time, which I was pretty pleased about. But their 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 quality showed in the in the last in the second half. And they, they beat us two nil. Manuel Agarte um, and uh, Jude Bellingham scoring for Pep Guardiola's men. So we lost that one two 0 and, and that that's all. Okay, Hang on, two Bellingham okay. for Pep's PSG. That's yeah. brutal. That is brutal. It is, it is pretty rough. You know, we managed to keep we managed to keep Mbappe quiet, um, but we couldn't keep. Uh, yeah, we couldn't keep uh, Bellingham quiet. They're really good PSG. Let's say they won four Champions Leagues on the spin. I think maybe it was three. No, I think it was three. They won three Champions Leagues on the spin. Uh, in this save, they're they're pretty good. Um, but that takes me up to where I, where I played. So again, like a pretty a pretty rough outing in terms of, you know, I've played all of February now. So we had six games in Feb. We got dumped out of the cup. We lost three in the league. We drew one in the league, and we only managed to beat Leon. And that leaves us in eighth in the league, which, you know, it's fine. We're actually six points clear of ninth. So hopefully, not too much worry about sort of finishing top half which is the expectation um and we're we're in like a difficult spot we're six points off so ninth are six points behind us but seventh are six points ahead of us mm. so we're gonna be ninth uh, be eighth for a while 
we just hopefully need to get a bit of a run so we can catch the likes of Troy, who are seventh, Lille, who are sixth, Toulouse, who are fifth. And if we can put a run together, I, I still think European places are, uh, are possible come the end yeah. of the year. Um, like a br- brief up, that was obviously a very brief update from me. So what I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about sort of, again, some of the tactic and some of the players um, in a little bit more depth because I, I, where I've sort of talked about them and talked about certain players and the, mm. a little bit about them, but um, I think I'll go in a little bit more detail uh, about some of these players because, like I said, I'm, I'm quite pleased with with the squad to be honest. So I'll start. I'll start in goal. So we we again, you, you'll you'll know some of these names because I've mentioned them before, but you know. I, th- I think I think in goal is a position we definitely need to improve on for next year. So when I joined, we had Laurent Ziggy, the Ghanaian goalkeeper. Um, uh, he's ants now. He is useless. In fact, for some of the most recent run that we've had here to play, because my lone goalkeeper Mile Svila uh, was out injured and like he's he, he's rubbish. Mile Svila is actually pretty good. Um, he's on loan, so he'll be leaving at the end of the season. And I don't think I'll bring him back. And the difficult one as to whether I would bring him back or not. I've decided I probably won't. One of the reasons being we have a really good um, keeper coming in through the youth ranks and I've actually sent him out and he's Auxerre in League 1. He's Auxerre's uh, number one uh, because I sent him out on loan. He's called uh, Olivier Nwandwi, um, French keeper, 23 years old. Like Maybe do with another season out on loan somewhere. But mm. I think he probably, unless a superstar keeper comes available to me, um, he he might be my number one next year, which might be a year too early for him, but it just fits the need of the squad. So he, he'll be nice. Tom, just before we move four, on, before we move on, Lawrence Ziggy is at Oxford United in League One in my game. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much his level. Uh, and he he's was my, been offered to me like a lot of times by the scouts. They're like, "You should sign him," and I'm like, "He's 33 years old and he's playing League One on way too much money for us. I am not signing him." That's a good decision. I'd stay clear if I were. Also, Miles Fila is at AEK in my game, which is quite cool. Wow! So I had like a lot of connections there in terms, yeah, of, yeah. Uh, in terms of my my keepers. Um. Back four. So our back four is I really like the way we play. Just as a reminder, we have an inverted fullback, um, two centre backs, and an inverted wing back who who help who obviously steps into the midfield. And that rotates, right? So sometimes it's the the right back is the inverted wing back, sometimes it's the, the left back. So I've got Lewis Hall on loan from is it Arsenal, I think I've got him on loan from. Yeah, from Arsenal. Um who obviously does it on the left and steps in. And I've got a regen on loan from Inter called Samba Jolly, who is brilliant. He's so good. Neither of those guys will be with us next year, unless we can maybe get Samba Jolly on loan again. Lewis Hall, I, I tend to play Samba Jolly more than Lewis Hall. Um, and actually, Lewis Hall takes up one of those vital non-European slots. So I won't be playing. He won't be back next year. I Hopefully Samba Jolly is, but we'll see. And then the, then the effectively the three centre backs, so the two full playing centre backs, and then the, the full back who is the inverted full back, obviously looks like a centre back half the time. Really pleased with the, the the state we've got those in. So we've got Slobodan Jelic, um, Serbian like superstar. This kid's going to be fantastic, and Zlatko Malavan, um, again a Croatian, um, a Croatian youngster. 
Um, those two are so solid. And then either side of them will either play um, Nicholas Pacheco from Uruguay or we'll play Tresor Chilombu, who's a, a, all these guys are regen, but he's come through the, the Ren Youth Academy. Who, and the Ren Youth Academy, by the way, like, so good. Like, he's mm. top. Absolutely top. So defensively, we're in good, we're in really good nick. Transfer window, we will need to sign some players, but there'll be inverted wing backs probably on both sides who can actually help us out next year. And it's nice being able to actually just flip them around. You know, mm. um, I don't need a backup right inverted fullback because if he's injured, I'll just play the left one and everyone sort of slips, slots across a slot. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm really pleased defensively. Centre midfield, so we have a deep line playmaker, um, and like we, we signed Paolo Ricardo, the Brazilian from Fluminense, and I sort of signed him to to um, compete with Guillermo Gomes, who is a again a, a regen who's come through the Ren Youth Academy, but he has just blown Gomes out of the water. And Gomes is solid. Like I, no intention of selling Gomes. I genuinely thought there'd be a battle, but Paolo Ricardo has probably been my player of the season in the centre midfield. Just picks balls up exactly what you want. Defensively solid, holds the mm. structure there, but equally, like on the ball, he just pings fantastic balls. A few eye the needle passes as well. Like he's a he's a really good, really good player for us and a really important one. And again, no plans to to improve centre midfield going forward. We then play with two wingers, obviously. Uh, Proper, you know, as the the attacking midfield wingers as well, um, winger as winger attacks, and this is where like I've basically thrown as much, I've got so many players that can play that those positions. Um, I'm just sort of hoping a couple of them turn into really good players. So we've yeah. got Edwin Acosta, lad that I signed from Cruz Azul, um, for a Mexican winger. Again, he takes up one of the non-European slots and he is worth a lot of money now. So there is a chance that after one year, I might move him on if I get a, a, a crazy a silly offer. Him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but equally, he's he's, he's he's been okay without being great, as is actually pretty much the theme for all of these guys. None of them have set the world alight. But I think Edwin Acosta is one of the guys that probably got the potential to turn into one of the best ones. So I don't really want to sell him. But if there is a crazy offer and I don't have much money in the bank, I might do that. So I've got Edwin Acosta who will play on the right. I've got Hanapalat Kamuridas. Again, he's 22. Got still got some improvement on him, and he's good. Like again, not spectacular, but good. And then my other guy that can play on the right there is Bastian Kemp. This guy again, 19 years old. He is. He could be really good. He's a bit like Edwin Acosta. I think he could be could be special. He's come through the youth academy. Um, pretty temperamental but like he's he could be really really good so no interest in mm. selling him particularly because he's come through the youth academy then on the left we've got Yanis Le Corbusier who has probably been the most reliable um, and the best of my left wingers signed him no interest in letting him go uh, one of the ones that's been disappointing it was a big money signing um, he's been injured a lot of the time which, which hasn't helped but we found 22 million pounds from Genk we signed Noe Sure. Just hasn't mm. hasn't been great, even when he's played. But I'm going to give him time. Injuries have plagued him during his time here, so I think he still has potential to to grow into a really important squad player uh, or and, and starter. And then we've got Jean Pierre Alves, another big money signing. Signed him from uh, Basel or Basel, sorry, um, for twenty four and a half mil. 
he can play on the left and he can play up front. And he hasn't really, haven't decided where his long term, uh, his long term position is going to be for us. And he hasn't, you know, he hasn't pinned, he hasn't staked a yeah, great claim yeah. for either of those yet. But again, no interest in letting him go. I think he's going to be really good and really important. I suspect more likely he'll play out on the left, which is a bit of a pain because I was hoping he'd play up front because I've got a, a lot of wingers and I've not got much depth up front. But when I played him up front, you, again, he's not set the, mm. set the world alight. And that's what I found that with Sean Sites as well. It's like I wanted him as a striker, but if you get your best performances out of somewhere, somewhere else, like a player yeah. somewhere else, you've just got to accept that you'd rather get 6.97s out of them with regularity on the left wing than 6.3, 6.4 up top. So Exactly, exactly. Uh, spot on. Um, then we've got our two number 10s. One of them is an advanced playmaker support. Now there's only one man that plays there. He has no competition and he is our best player by a mile. That's Desiree Jouet. Uh, he's just he's just class. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fall into the trap like I did at um, Frankfurt and then sort of seeing oh my god I can get loads of money for him I'll sell him. But no, learn that lesson. He is gonna stay with us uh, as long as he is happy to stay with us and as long as I'm the manager here he is not moving on. Just what's the name contract. of the guy from Frankfurt who you haunted? Who, what's his name again? Who you haunted? Baris Baris Chaibi. I sold him to Bayern Munich and then he. Oh yeah, don't. That was a, and then obviously I didn't have any sense in the field. Yeah, and he was my best. He was. Oh, don't. I still. Yeah, that was your good. I was listening back to the start of Sudamericana Adventure and how stupid I was to sell Gustavo Gotti. I feel like that's your Gustavo Gotti moment. This save is just like why? Why did I sell this player? It was. It was. That was. That was the beginning of the end for me. Frankfurt was selling Faris Chaibi, so I'm not going to be selling Desiree Jouet. I've learned. I've learned that. Learned that. Uh, that. Learned that lesson the hard way. So then that leaps up the other number ten slot, the other attacking midfield slot, which in advance is which an attacking midfield or an attack, and and those they rotate quite nicely between. Uh, again, a youth academy prospect. Uh, actually, no, he came through when he was. We signed him from uh, some Belgian side, but again, when he was probably like sixteen, called Eve Hoffman. Um, he's twenty years old. Solid, like three star currently, you know, three star and potentially potentially four star potential. So he looks really good. Not 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 spectacular. He's not like a world beat, but he's pretty good. And then we've got this guy did come from our youth academy, which is Hervé um, Barriel. He is again does a really good job. Solid, if not spectacular. Twenty years old, two and a half star current ability, but potential to get up to four and a half star. Uh, he is he is a really good player for us, and, and those two rotate, yeah, really nicely. And actually, they they complement the striker and, and Desiree Jouet too. And that leads me leads me nicely on to my strike because, like I say, Jean Pierre Alves plays up there, but not prolific. And actually, like listeners to the whole series will know, like this has been a nightmare position for me. Um, in for in most this, of um, us. Yeah, exactly. But in this series, I mean, like we both had so much success with our strikers last year. Think about myself with um, uh, Fabal and uh, Fernandez and Carlos Basquinian. Like I just had so many great strikers. Yeah, it's everyone that I was putting playing up front was scoring goals for me. Whereas it's the opposite this year. I just can't get one going. I mean, Dale Taylor was the closest I had to someone that was reliable. And it's the same. In, it's the same at the moment. Like Jean Pierre Alves not scoring loads of goals. 
Arno Calamuendo, who was second top goal scorer in Liga in last year, signed a new contract with me. He can't hit the he can't hit a barn door. Um, in fact, probably the person I'm most likely to be playing up front at the moment and most reliable is the 17 year old um, Geslin Magola, um, and he's he's not ready to be a uh, he's not ready at all to be my number one striker. So yeah, uh, definitely looking for a striker at the end of the season. Um, a, a top striker that I can rely on and, and Geslin Magola can play. I was, I was probably going to loan Bez- Geslin Magola out next year because I thought at 18, I need him playing lots of football. But I think what I'm probably going to do is is probably keep him uh, and have him as my backup striker. Um, mm. Don't hold Which me is a pretty so damning indictment to... of the other two, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he wasn't supposed to be the answer, but he... He's playing pretty well at the moment. He's not again. He's not prolific, but he's getting as many goals as you know, a sort of a similar rate of return as Jean Pierre Alves and Arno Calamuendo, mm. which to and me does makes he, sense he... to play him because he's got he's got the most amount of potential. Yeah, and does he contribute anything else to the team? Is he chipping in with assists or holding the ball up well or? Not really. Um, it holds the ball up fairly well. I mean, assists it, because I've because there's quite, you know we've got a few number tens in. They tend to do more of the creative work, um, as do the wingers and, and even the deep line playmaker. So that's not his job. My my striker's job is just to get on the end of stuff, and he mm. does seem to be in the right position as much as the other two. So uh, for that reason, I would probably feel more comfortable playing him because like I say he's got the most potential so I might as well play him and try and mm. give him that opportunity so that's a place where I'm looking you're so, missing so that, that, that silky for bow big body striker aren't you yeah exactly that's exactly what I'm missing um yeah like it's 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 been a real challenge finding strikers so hopefully I can find one in the in the summer window um but we we will we will see so hopefully that gives a bit of an overview and a bit more detail in terms of the squad. So when you know I'm, I'm sort of talking about these players, you you know a little bit more about them going forward. I think just generally at Ren, like I'm enjoying it. Like we have a good team, we have put a good team together already. I like managing in France because you've got PSG, who are you know, I mean, I wouldn't say they've got a target on the back. They're so far ahead you can't see the target. But there's teams in around them: Marseille, Monaco, Nice, who are actually obviously the best team this year, who are who are solid. We've got the potential to reach European football. The only issue with Ren, and again, the only issue, literally the only issue I have with them, we've got a great youth academy as well, is that, you know, I'm thinking they've got the potential to be the final club that I manage and try and win the Champions League with them. If not, I might have one move in, in one more move in me. But the only issue, the only problem I have with them, they're not very sexy, are they? Like Stadren, uh, I was about to say they're a like, bit dull, isn't it? They're a bit dull. Yeah. And like, I'm going to try and work on them to make us not, you know, try and get that affinity to them. And I do like them. I like the players. The clubs, the clubs, interesting. It's just, is this the club that I really want to win a Champions League with? I mean, Frankfurt again, not that sexy either. But I think they're sexier than Ren. Um, not by a lot, and... but they are. I think the fact they won yeah. the Europa League recently makes them slightly sexier. You know, I. I think so, yeah. And it's just so it's like I'm yeah, it's a really difficult one because I want to have the success with Renning. I might I might decide as as more and more as we go on because I really like some of the players we've got. Yes, this is long term, this is a club I'm gonna do uh, sort of win with and once we get into Europe I might 
realize actually yet yeah, we i can do this with these guys and it would mean you know i'd, I'd like to do it ren but you know if i was manager of marseille yeah um, or monaco i'd sort of feel like yeah absolutely i think winning a champions league with these guys would be fantastic yeah um you know i've got i've got plenty of places that i can go to now i can go back i mean i'm not going to go back to germany unless the only club there's only one club i'd go back to germany for um <laughs> italy there's some great there's some really sexy teams in italy no oh, italy i'd like that italy would be fantastic to to, yeah. to win a champions league with some of those clubs you know like fiorentina Roma, Lazio, like there's so those, many in Italy. Sampdoria. Like Italy is just yeah. full of sexy clubs. Like it, uh, like the Serie A. I'm not a uh, uh, listeners. This might be a bit, but because I've managed so much in Italy, I will not be ending up in Italy. But but that doesn't mean I don't love it. Like Inter, AC, Juventus, Palermo. Like even the smaller clubs, Fiorentina, I've always had a soft spot for, as we said, you know, as you said, there's at least, I reckon there's seven or eight, maybe even nine or 10 clubs in Italy that it will be cool to win a Champions League with. Like even Spezia, I really have a soft spot for and in the second flight, just because, because it's, you know, that I just think they're quite cool. So. Exactly. It's like, there's so many teams. I mean, in Spain, you can, you know, I can go to Spain as well. So, you know, I've got, I've got, Villarreal, um, Sociedad, Valencia, Atletico Bilbao, even you know Atletico Madrid, right? Yeah. Some of those teams that like would be pretty cool to go in and manage. So, I, I think um, Ren would have to do a lot to sort of keep me. I'm not looking for. I'm not looking for another job at all. No, that's not. That's not on my. Um, that's not on my radar. But if one of those clubs came knocking. It would be difficult to sort of turn down as a, yeah. you know, as the end goal. Join a sexy club and and try and turn them into either turning again. Pick one at random that we've discussed. Turning Fiorentina into a world superpower is cool. is a lot. It's sounds cool. a lot um, more alluring than Ren. But we'll 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 see. I do have. And I've had this. I've had one club for a while. Like pretty much not long before we started the save. Maybe even before we started the save. But I thought I'd end up at. And you know, just you have an instinct, and I think that would be a cool club to end up at. And you know, it is in one of the countries that that I could go to next, or that I'm currently in. Mm. Um, well, if so, you do achieve that move, that, you'll have to you'll have to say this was the club I imagined ending up. At. I will, I will. What after my yeah after my next move? Because I think the next again, probably I don't get sacked at Ren and end up at another club. I'm not particularly. Uh, uh, in love with, um, I suspect that might be M one. So I, I will tell you after my next move who I sort of thought would be a really good club to finish with. Mm. So yeah, that that's me at the moment. That's that's my update. A bit of a you know short, sharp one in terms of games, but again, a bit more detail in terms of the players. So mm. yeah, no, look, looking 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 forward to seeing where, where we go next. Absolutely. Right then, Lou, do you want to talk us through what's happening in uh, in Romania with Bucharest? Yeah, with, uh, yeah, football club style Bucharest, yeah, or FCSB, indeed. So, I left you uh, with a, a Cluj double act. Uh, CFR Cluj, a 1-0 loss uh, with... My nemesis, Daniel Berlegea, scoring for them in the 22nd minute before we beat 
you Cluj or FC University or Cluj 2-1 away from home in a really good, strong battling performance. So that gave us a nice, easier run of a couple of games against two lower lower table sides. So we, we kicked off that run against FC Voluntari. And for the first time in a while, we looked, really quite competent and confident and 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 played well so we beat them 4-1 uh with cup with a brace through Florinal Coman Divin Mabama scoring again coming back to strike cuz he's not been prolific he's not convinced me I was going to ask that cuz cuz you mentioned him a few times last week that he was but I didn't get the sense he was scoring many goals so is he he's not turned he's not setting the world alight I think he's got about yeah, he's got eight in twenty-five. For a player who should be, I think at this level he should be, if not a goal a game, he should be at least sixteen in twenty-five. I think. But it's it's annoying. Eight in twenty-four is annoying because it's 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 not great, but it's enough every now and again to think. Do you know what he might come good in a minute? <laughs> he yeah. scores. He scores enough that you can't then drop him. I think that's it, isn't it? That that's mo- I think that's most strikers in the real world. Like it's the strikers who can score every game are exceptional. Like you know, there's a reason yeah. why Haaland is exceptional. Um, then, then Dimitar Kostadinov finished off the scoring. Voluntari got a goal for Alexandru Petrescu, but yeah, Dimitar Another really great game. Florinal Coman, great game. And then we played Chick Zerida, uh, the club that we pinched two of our brightest young talents from, so Florentoma. And Florentoma in the fifth minute came back to bite them, scoring another great goal for us after returning from an injury layoff. Uh we then concede in the 19th minute through Clinton Asai before Eduard Radulescu. I was playing him deeper. He's he's primarily a 10, but I'm playing him as a... a he plays a deep... He's the backup to Lewis Bate in the deep-lying playmaker role. And he scored a lovely... Right. The ball bounced out to him at the edge of the air and he scored a lovely half-volley into the top corner... Uh, from a corner. It was a lovely goal. Really, really cracking goal. Before Divin Mabama makes it two in two uh, in the 67th. <laughs> Before they get one back through Atif Kanati in the 81st, but they again have Gabor Zavarbo sent off in the 90th. Before Reese Williams, the centre-back, gets his head on a corner. And, and we win for two. So... And two good back-to-back performances, two teams we should dispatch that well, and we did. But as you can hear in my voice, like that felt par for the course as opposed to anything exceptional. You know, we should be beating these teams. They're a couple of the weakest sides yeah. in the league. Chicks Erida made far worse from us, as I say, pinching their best player and power in Greece, pinching there as a really good, uh, good winger. So we pinched Florentoma and... Uh, Sabo and Powak pinched their left winger, who was excellent as well. So they've really had, they've been given a lot of money, but their squad really has been asset stripped of its best talent. Then we played a pretty 
drab one all against FCU Cryover. Dimitar Kostadinov scoring in the 52nd before Raymond's Krollis getting one back for them in the 55th, pegging us back immediately, and that's the way it stayed. Raymond Krollis. Yeah, it's like, pretty. That sounds like he was. That sounds like he could have been sort of the the local butcher. Yeah. Well, there we go. Krollis but he's actually Latvian. Uh, he's a real player, Raymond Krollis. In real life, talking of Spezia, he went to Spezia for 1.3 million in 22-23. So currently at Spezia. Um, Interestingly, on my save, he's at, he's at Palermo from. Yeah. Again, another another connection from what you were saying earlier. Yeah, yeah. So, so a pretty drab one all against FCU cryover, and then we face CFR Cluj again. As I said, the fixture scheduling meant they were, those matches were really close together, and it was like the worst kind of Groundhog Day because in the tenth minute, Daniel Berlegaia scores from about a foot out. It was from a corner. It was a bit of a comedy goal. It was a foot out. The ball kind of loops over the keeper. It got kicked against the post by someone. The ball bounces back to Berlegea, like literally a yard out. And he just, all he has to do is tap it in. It was a complete, it basically, I think, Tarnavani punches it out and then goes to someone who kicks it against the post. It deflects across the middle of the goal where Berlegea yeah. is poaching it and he just taps it in. Yeah, it. it was proper like Keystone Cops. Oh, it's just a mess. It was. It wouldn't have been out of place in the Conference South uh, in terms of quality. And unfortunately, again, that's the way it stayed. And we, it was a really frustrating... Well, it wasn't a frustrating game. They were the better side. They created the better chances. But we, we had a lot of ball. We, we played... I think we had about 65% possession, but we didn't do a lot with it, which is quite frustrating. So we've lost home and away to CFR Clues. So they really have, they really are that kind of, uh, they really are the Universidad Catolica of of this save for me. They're just that team that we just, we're as good as, but we just can't get it over the line against them. Your aim for your time at, uh, FCSB right was was to try and win the league. Yeah. If you're losing, if you're you know, the, uh, if Cluj are doing the double over you in a quite short period of time, I mean, you may be a bit off that, right? Well, I'll, I'll tell you where we've got three games to go, and then I will tell you where we are okay. um, heading into the three second half to, of the season. Three, three games to go. You said you mean three games to go of your update, or three games to go in the season? Three games to go of the update and three games to go of the regular season. There, You may have noticed Ooh. that I've left it at a nice place uh, for our listeners uh, to leave a bit of a cliffhanger as to what's going to happen with this season. So three games to go against weaker sides. So Dinamo Bucharest up first. And against our local rivals... We get the job done pretty comfortably. Goals through Florent Coman in the 63rd, Eduard Radlesco in the 75th. They get one back in the 88th through Jesse Bosch, but apart from a little bit of squeaky Bosch. bum time, bit of cheeky, it's cheeky bum time, bit of squeaky bum time at the end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think you said Bosch, and my brain was just sort of fried. It's like Bosch. <laughs> Um, yeah, a bit of yeah, squeaky bum time. time at the end. 
bit of, but yeah, a bit of squeaky bum time at the end, but we got it over the line um, and just got the job done narrowly. Um, but we were the better side, but we didn't put them again. This is my point. I think, and this is the thing I maybe should have said last week, but didn't. I've never had a side so frustrating. Because we're not convincing, but we always get the job done. So you get all of the anxiety of of all of the anxiety of like of not getting the result, but with we always seem to get the result, but we could just make it so yeah. hard for ourselves. Anyway, uh final couple of sides. UTA Arad, who really dropped off in the second half of the season. And it was Another a good professional two 0 probably the best one we've had all season in terms of just controlling the match. They didn't really have a sniff. Miguel Constantinescu continuing his fine goal scoring form, and Antoine Baroen scoring a penalty. Uh, he continues to be pretty dreadful. And actually, it's you know it's bad when you're relieved. He's got he's after the next game. He got injured for four months uh, at the end of the season. <laughs> and you were Adam, pleased with that. And I was pleased about that fact, yes. Because <laughs> he was complaining about game time and I was having to play him because I didn't want to upset the squad. But now I can now I can breathe easy <laughs> in the knowledge that I don't have to play him and I can just at least give Divin Mabama a run. Not that he's been much better, but anyhow, final game of the season was against no hopers. Uh Petrolol Plesti, who got promoted last season, they're very much, if they're not bottom, they're second bottom. They're one of the weakest sides in the division. So we should put them away. And again, we did put them away with a professional 2-0. Miguel Constantinescu, the real star of the show, with a brace. Just Florin Toma kept bombing down the right wing and cutting them back in. He scored almost two identical goals. He had loads of space in the box. And he just smashed both into the top corner. Um, and just great, you know, great intelligent football play, being in the right place at the right time. You know, Divin Obama's sort of running into the centre-backs, which is creating all this space for Constantinescu to, to actually score. So there's possibly an irony there. But, yeah, getting the job done. But again, like we should, I think against weak sides, we should be beating them 4-0. And maybe that's a bit... You know, but I mean, I'm grateful that we got a professional two 0 But it's not, it's not convinc- It's not massively convincing against a side that are a a, t- a lot weaker than us. But maybe I'm maybe the lady doth protest too much in my case. So, so where has that left us? Well, one, as I'm sure you gathered from the fact that we were second previously, and in the last update, we are going into the Liga One Champions playoff. Where the deficit and, where the, your deficit to uh, Cluj is halved. Correct. But what's interesting, Tom, is you may think that's the case. However, it's become like rock, paper, scissors. So FCSB, we beat University of Cryova. University Cryova beat Cluj. So I will talk you through, and then Cluj beat us. So I will talk you through the points totals as they stand in reverse order, obviously, for dramatic effect. So Otterlul Galati with the sixth and final uh, Super League of Champions playoff place, 26 points. 
Is, so, this, is this after the points have been halved? Yeah, this is after the points have been halved, yeah. Sepsi OSK, fifth, 27 points. University of Cluj, 30 points in fourth. CFR Cluj, third, 33 points. University of Craiova, second, 34 points. FCSB, first, 34 points. This is wow. going to the wire. This is going to be a hell of a... The three of us have basically made it so that... So so Cluj had one draw against another side that meant they weren't... That meant that they were then not massively ahead of us. And then University of Cryova beat them. So they're literally a point behind us. So 10 games to define the season, basically. And as you can get by those points totals, you know, we could finish we could finish anywhere as low as fourth, realistically. I reckon, you know, maybe even fifth if we play terribly. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you could finish fifth. But I think realistically, we could swap places with University of Cluj if we play really badly. But this is going to be, I mean, this is, this is this is dream FM, and this is why I wanted to stop here for this week. Because one, what a cliffhanger, right? We're top of the league now. Can we hold on? But we're top of the league on equal points, and I guess on the fact that we are we have a better record against University of Cryova. But if Cluj were play, on the side, do you play? You play the teams in the Champions Group once more, twice, ten games. Twice. Home and away. So you, have, you have home and away. You have ten more games of the season. Yeah. Wow. I in my head, I thought I thought Cluj would win me ahead of you. That's that's pretty. Well, so did I. Yeah, I tell you what, you you got you got a great chance, haven't you? I think we've all got. I mean, I I, I would suggest that the champion is between us, Cryover and CFR Cluj. Agreed. Because those are the, those teams throughout the season have proved themselves the best teams, um, and but it's just really interesting that we beat University of Cryova, University of Cryova beats Cluj, and Cluj beats us. It's just the the way the points are divided. If if one of the big three had won their fixtures against any of the clubs, it'd be a completely different different yeah. story. Yeah, you imagine if you if you were to have you know you lost to Cluj twice, right? If you beat if you'd have done the double over then, you'd be well on your way to your first league title. Yeah, uh, or at least it would have had enough. Of, yeah, I mean the point swing would have been big, wouldn't it? They'd have had three less. We'd have had well, they'd have had six less. We'd have had six more. It would have been a big yeah. old big old swing. But that's not the way league football works, is it? You know, you can't. Even if you're the best at the end of the season, that doesn't necessarily mean you're the you're the best every week of the season. No, very true, very true. And that's why we love it. But yeah, that's that's more or less all from Romania. Just to say, I didn't mention him uh, because he's not really come up because he's he's not the kind of role that gets a lot of noise. But in January, just at the end of the January window. Uh, because Malcolm Ajuma, my backup central mid defensive central midfielder, is losing his his legs have gone in the in the fav- everyone's favourite bit of football parlance at the minute. Um, his legs have gone. Um, I signed 
on loan, Maury Gabonet from AEK. So I reached back to AEK and he's a 29-year-old. Yeah, 29-year-old uh, ball-winning midfielder who has legs still, which is nice. Um, and he's also a bit decent in the air, which is handy. Not like superbly, but like compared to Zoltan Sabo, who cannot jump to save his life. And was part of the part of the reason Berlaguer scored. I should have said this was the midfielder who was up against Sabo, basically did a classic like knockdown into the path of into the path of Berlaguer, yeah. like knocked it into his path, and he was one on one. So actually, when I saw that, I thought, you know what? Actually, maybe someone who can jump a bit might be quite handy. Your times, your times up, mate. But yeah, no, Ajuma now hates me. Um, is I told him to his face. When you've got someone of that quality available to you, you bring them in, and he didn't like it. Um, and I was like, "Well, you are thirty-three, and your legs are going," is what I wanted to say to him. But uh, yeah, so so we're in a good position. I'm really, I mean, the thing for me is, and I said it last pod, but I'll repeat it again this week. And I'm really, this is, I'm really thinking long and hard about whether I stay or whether I go. Um, and for the first time, you know, I, I, I'm really torn because I, I would no, quite no, like no, to no, see no, no, no. one. I'd like to leave the club in a better place. Uh, you know, in, in and actually I think there's a possibility next season to really, not just not more than just about winning the league, but putting them in a better financial standing, maybe even getting them to build some new, better facilities with the money that we get in from European football. You know, there is a real possibility to to actually, <laughs> in a very unwiseman fashion, have a positive impact on a club as opposed to to rinsing them for everything they're worth and 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 then effing off. Um, yeah, is so it, maybe it's a case of seeing. I guess you'll know more once yeah. these next ten games have happened, right? You can make a decision after that, and also what's available. You know, it needs to be the right job available for you to move across across Europe, effectively yeah. to, to to where where you want to be. And that's it. And ultimately, if the right job comes up, well, it's a no brainer. But right now, this is a good job. I'm actually having a chance. It's nice to be on. You know, it's a, I hate to say it's an easy job because now I've got the now I've got the base level of quality of player in. I can really do. I can think about the future in a way that I've not been yeah. able to, and in the knowledge that realistically, as long as I don't, as long as I don't forget how to manage, I've got the quality of player that means I can more or less, you know, repeatedly, if not win the league, be comfortably in the champions playoff and competing for titles but again is it going to give me it's obviously not the final job that's that's obvious but there's part of me it's like oh god do i need to i've still got to get through as i said at minimum i've either got to go serbia austria is it switzerland and then i can get to germany if i go that way or it's ukraine poland germany you know, for the first club with a real chance of winning the Champions League, I've still got another two countries to go. And part of me thinks this is almost like an oasis in the desert. This is almost like an oasis in the football desert. So 
unless a real you know unless a really good ukrainian job came up and of, of which there are two and only two he haven't shacked aren't yeah yeah exactly unless there's unless a really good ukrainian job came up it's semi tempting to stay at a half decent club so you're not having to manage some no hopers for 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 an, again because it does become a bit monotonous when you're like, oh, God, do I have to manage yet another bunch of no-hopers to get another nation across Europe? Yeah, I mean, like, see, that, that's been the whole challenge of, of your save, right? Uh, yeah. Is, 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 I'm just trying, I'm just having a little look now. Now, obviously, that we, uh, after a couple of weeks ago's debacle of uh, the Germany-Italy border, I'm mm. just looking. I, I think if I were you... Yeah, you are in a you are in a tough spot here, aren't you? There's no Hungary. Way. Yeah, it's it's you're right. It's it's Hungary, Austria. Hungary, Austria is not bad because you you can then go into Italy yeah. after that as well as Germany. I guess the alternative, you're right, is Ukraine. But then after Ukraine, you you sort of have to go to Poland, and then yeah. Poland, you've then got you've then got uh, Germany that opens up to you. Um, Germany yeah. seems like it's probably going to be a uh, maybe an endpoint for you. It, quite possibly, quite possibly. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see where it heads. But, but I think the adventure's still. It feels like we're thoroughly into it now. <laughs> oh, 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 bless you! <laughs> <laughs> the dizzy, the first the dizzy, one. The dizzy hype. The dizzy heights of talking about sort of major European continental football in Germany yeah. has already got you uh, got you coming out and sneezing. Indeed, yeah, indeed. I think that might be the first one, uh, first sneeze captured live on the pod. Uh, for record, for record, yeah. Well, Tom, it's uh, it's been maybe a, a, a more kind of down home, more chill kind of FM week for us both, but. No doubt there's someone who you want to nominate as your player of the episode. There is indeed. And again, I'm going to go with this guy just because you know, it's been a pretty bad week for me in terms of FM, you know, only won one game. So I'm going to take the guy that, that helped us win that game. And that's the guy that got the brace against Leon. That is the fantastically named Yanis Lacorvassier. Fantastic. Well, that, that that's Yourself, a good Luke? name. Uh, who was the player? There was one other player I thought you might nominate. Who was your best player across the season? And you you talked about him, and I've forgotten who that was. I mean, Desiree Jue is is probably my best player. Oh, Paolo Ricardo, but he was he was he got it last week. Ah, that would that would be why then. That makes sense. I think I've done that both weeks in a row. I've, I've now twice yeah. in a row said, "Why did you nominate the person who got it last week?" Yeah, so for me, I think uh, it's very similar to Paolo Ricardo, and that's why it's on my mind. I'm going to nominate this week Lewis Bate, who we got on a free transfer from from Leeds, uh, came from Championship Leeds across to us. And he has, I've, you know, he's not someone you talk about because he's a deep-lying playmaker, but considering he's got a few goals, but not tons of goals... Uh, he's got two goals and seven assists. He just makes us tick. And when I lost Palumbo, I was worried that we were going to lose a really quality player to to link attack and defence and to 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 well defence and attack really. 
to bring the ball out from the back, but also to kind of go forward. But he is, oh my word, he has just been so, he's Mr. Consistent. Of all of the outfield players this season, he's played the most games. Uh, so the only player who's played more than him is Stefan Tarnavani, the goal, the first choice goalkeeper. Yep. So he's played 28 league games this season, 24 from 24 from the start and four off the bench. And, you know, he's made that deep line playmaker role his own, which is all you can ask for from a player and his average 7.18 and on far more games than, you know, that he's not the highest rated in the squad, but all of the players who are above him have played significantly less games. Florin Toma and Florin Orkoman have, big, have both had stretches out of injury. So his consistency across the season has just been exceptional. And that's why he is my player of the episode this week for for the kind of whole picture of the whole regular season. Very good. No, very good. So right, I think we're gonna we'll we'll, we'll 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 draw that to an end. I guess we're gonna we our um sort of publishing schedule is a little bit out of whack at the moment, but we think we're gonna have a pod for you um this week this weekend soon whenever you're listening to this. Um, we might we might be a little bit off, but we're we're basically we're not sure at the moment, are we, Lou, whether we're podding next week or not? So bear with us if 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 you don't hear anything, um, and a little bonus if you do. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's 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 not for lack of effort. Um, this pod will be out when you hear this. This will be a Thursday, but uh, yeah, it's not for lack of effort. It's it's you're off to the to the far east for work. Quite exotically, I'm off to the Philippines. Correct. So I'm off to the Philippines for for a couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, but it's one of those where actually I'm going to be on a. I sort of thought we wouldn't pod. But actually, I'm gonna be on a. I'm gonna be travelling for basically 24 hours twice. So actually, what mm. quite a good way to entertain yourself um, on those flights is playing a bit of FM. So actually, it might it might be quite nice to to yeah. to, to do a pod. Yeah, not not on the plane, but yeah, um, might be nice to do a pod at, at some point to sort of see what what's what's happened there. Mm. And um, you can so, and you yeah, can we, be we'll, the... we'll, we'll, we'll see how we go. And if you've got any particularly great matches, they can be the thriller in Manila, can't they? So, uh, hey, there we go. As the, uh, I think that was Absolutely. the famous, famous world heavyweight boxing match between. Was it? Yeah, it was. Was it? Joe, I think it was Joe Fraser, Joe Fraser and Ali. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Well, on that note, any final words, Tom? Before I close it, or you? Do you... No, no. <laughs> I'm not saving you there, Luke. No. I'm not saving you with any final words. <laughs> well, it's been an interesting one this week. It's been a, a more minor update from our European jailbreak. Uh, I think a couple of quieter weeks of FM for us both, but hopefully you you got a bit of flavour of of the saves and 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 we will see whether Tom still has a job uh, or whether he has a different job uh, in terms of the save by the time we hear from him next. And also, we'll see what happens with FCSB and a pretty tense and tight title run-in final 10 games of the season. And where will Wiseman be after that? So those are the questions to look out for next time and hopefully uh, a bit of a, a more dramatic update. So thank you all so much for listening. It's goodbye from me, Lewis, and my co-host... Tom. Bye-bye for now.